son. And to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, bashing us, fuck him. <laughs>
law enforcement at the grassroots, the foundation of it throughout the entire country is its premise is on the same basic principles. However, I've said this on many podcasts and I'm going to continue to say is that policing is not a one size fits all. And the New York City Police Department is it's its own animal. It, it just it really is. It's, it's its own league. It's different type of policing. It's a metropolis. It's always busy. Even if it's not busy with something violent going on, it's just busy of moving people. And there's no one better than moving people than the New York City Police Department. But I, that's what I said. You and I spoke offline. I said that this was completely strategically orchestrated to, to find the first black female, outsource her from another police department, especially one from a small pond. So here we have, she was a big fish in a small pond. Now she gets to be in this big pond and it's a different arena. And I'm sure that she probably figured to herself, you know what? Yes, there may be a moment in time, a period of time where I have to sit back and watch and learn the, the nomenclature of the New York City Police Department before I actually grab the reins. But 18 months later, I guess it's, it, it, I'm sure, I'm sure this was, this was striking in, in her mind for quite some time, but I'm sure she realized at the point, 18 months, because 18 months is a pinnacle point of time in the New York City Police Department. That's when most cops get their detective shield. So she said to herself, wow, I have 18 months and they still won't let me do the job. It's time to step down because I do agree that she caught on and she could have, she had the potential to lead. So I, I guess, yeah, I guess that sums up the appointment, right? Like, in, um, so like just going on the tenure, right? Her tenure. I mean, we've all spoke about it before. I personally don't believe that she accomplished anything. You know, I, I do believe that she was pivotal in creating this pilot program for the modern chart that I, we, that Eric and myself both agree that we don't believe it's in the contract. We think that you were completely gaslit by it. And we do think that she was pivotal in that coming from Nassar because they did work in that 12 hour chart. So she did do that. She also wanted to revise the disciplinary matrix, which I credit this podcast, particularly Eric Dim and myself for that conversation even being brought to the table. Um, however, we debunked that anything was actually done. Now, I don't know if that had to go through layers. You know, I don't know what that looked like. Was that the, was that her plan? How heavily was her hand in that plan? I think other than that, other than those two things, she always spoke positively of the men and women in the police department. She represented them well at funerals and at ceremonies. I don't believe she did anything else that we could sit here and say that she's a great has great leadership skills for the work of actually during her tenure. I honestly think that she should be completely insulted. And I think most of the women of the NYPD should be insulted. Why? Because I feel that she was chosen to be, and this is my analogy, she was chosen to be a trophy wife. Look nice, smile, have nice teeth, make a nice appearance, you know, but don't say nothing. Don't, don't say nothing. The, the men will handle this. The men are going to take care of it. Just look pretty and you stay in the corner. And to me, honestly, that demeans every woman in the NYPD right now. It's interesting, right? Let's talk about what she did or what she didn't do. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to say this. We don't know what she did because we know that the real police commissioner is Philip Banks, right? And also his co-captain, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. They're the co-captains in this billet of police commissioner. So I will say this. What she did well 
where she made a good impression of what it may be like to have a female black police commissioner with all the right tools to actually do the job if she was permitted and allotted the ability to lead. But we can't have it both ways. We can't say she didn't have the opportunity to lead and say she was amazing. I heard some people talk saying she's amazing. She did amazing things. Well, either she was stuck in the corner and not allowed to do the job or she did amazing things. I, I don't think we could have it either way. I think she showed the potential to do amazing things. She spoke very well at, at, at the, uh, the New York City Council budget hearing. She spoke very intelligently. She's articulate. Uh, she seems to be completely congenial. I think she made a great presence for a woman. She looks very classy. She's a, she's a nice-looking woman. She speaks well. Uh, she's a great impression of what we would want from a woman in leadership. But she was not permitted to, to, to lead. She was stuck in the corner. That's my opinion. My opinion is she never had the opportunity. And I think she was used. And I hope this doesn't insult her. But I do believe that she was used to fit this diversity quota to be the first of something but they stuck her in the corner because we know who the real commissioner is yep i mean i i i can't agree with you anymore i really can't i and I, I i do think that it's a brilliant analogy i really do i think she was she was placed in the corner baby was put in the corner you sit there while the men are talking you know um you know, Sal Albanese put a post out. He's a New York City Democrat. He ran for city council. He was actually city councilman in my district where I live. Um, you know, I know him since I'm a kid in Bensonhurst. And then again, when I moved to Staten Island and he put out a post that Key Chan Subal is the best appointment of New York City Mayor Eric Adams. And I kind of went at him and this was prior to the resignation. And I, I didn't disagree with him. I, I do agree she was the best appointment as far as an individual. As far as personality wise, uh, you know, she's not, um, you know, forgive the phrase for lack of better words, but she's not a media whore. She's not sitting there pandering to the, the progressive left in New York City. And she's not pandering to the right either, to the conservative news channels that want to hear from the police commissioner and hear the rah-rah police talk. You know, she really kept a, a very good composure. So as an individual I do think that I like her and I, I don't know her personally. I didn't meet her personally. I don't believe Eric did either. Uh, but from what I hear from everyone around her, everybody likes her. What I hear from the guys in Nassau, they liked her. They love her. They respect her as a person. They do. And I, I do. I agree with you again, Eric, on the fact that it's a slap in the face to women. She should have been given the reins to see what it was. She, she never even made a mistake. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I'm a firm believer that anytime that you're in a new position or anything new in life, the only way to success is by numerous failures. So she never was given the opportunity to actually get her feet wet to make a mistake, to get to that point of success. You know, one thing I learned in the Marine Corps is this, that anytime you take over a position in a leadership role, you have to make changes immediately, and that's how you put your stamp on it. So, John, if I was to ask you, did she make immediate changes when she got when she started in this administration? Do you believe she was able to put her stamp on it? And if so, what were those changes? I don't. I don't think the public safety teams came from her. You know, I know she's going to take credit for it, but I don't believe that was part of her. I don't believe uh, Madgerie's guys with the, the khaki pants crew. I don't believe that came from her either. I do. I, I really don't believe 
that she put her stamp on anything. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I think that she was directly involved in, in, in those two, in those two areas, trying to lessen the disciplinary matrix or at least make it fair. Not, I don't want to say lesson, but try to make it fair, which that was a flop and that was total gaslight. And, and also again on the modern chart, which right now is just a pilot program. And like you said before, what happens if it fails? So I really don't believe, you know, when I, and, and I agree with you, it kind of, it kind of, it, I, I, I don't understand what people are talking about. Oh, she couldn't do anything, but she was amazing. Amazing. I'm like, you know, and it's not a knock on her. I just, I'm, I'm under the, I'm on the campus that she was not given free reign. Phil Banks was running this job. And if that was the case and you believe that, mm. how is she amazing? I will say from what I hear, I hear she's a great person. So if we're talking personality, if we're talking as an individual, if we're talking about as a leader and as a police commissioner, I, I, there's, there's nothing there for me to talk about. And it's not her fault. You know, John, you and I were, you and I were law enforcement for a long time and we did anti-crime and we were, you know, we were doing proactive and intrusive police for most of the latter part of our careers. And what do we learn? Observation skills. Just by looking at people and looking in their eyes and their demeanor, you learn a lot about a person. I never got had an opportunity to speak to her, but just looking in her eyes and her demeanor, she looks extremely congenial to me. Like she's a likable person. She seems just a, a and and that and that's important to when you're in a leadership position. It's important to also be likable because that, you know that's also part of being influential. However, I, I really. You know, you and I spoke about that offline. I really do believe that. Like, you can't say she's amazing, but she wasn't able to do certain things because if she's legitimate, the police commissioner, she has to put her stamp on it and lead the department in her direction. So it's my opinion. We don't know how great she could have been. We all agree that she showed the potential. I mean, it's pretty impressive. I will say this, no matter what, it's impressive that she was willing to take on the New York City Police Department, the most iconic police department in the entire world, right? As big as, they say it's the ninth largest army in the entire world, if you compare this to other military uh, services throughout the, throughout the world. And she came from a small department, and she was willing to take on that role. So it does show, show her perseverance. I just don't think we ever had the opportunity to see it. That's my opinion. The other thing that I think about a lot is I don't like Eric Adams. I don't like Phil Banks. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you know, if you can't tell, you know, follow me on uh, Twitter or Instagram. But, you know, but like I, I'm not a big fan of them. But if my phone rang today or if my phone rang in January, hey, you know, we want you to be the police commissioner, but you're going to answer to Phil Banks. I always wonder what I would do. And I think that I would have taken the job thinking with all good intentions that I could make a change and that I would be able to work around the parameters that were set forth by Eric Adams. And I, I do believe that she came in there full well knowing that she was going to answer or Phil Banks was going to mentor. I don't know if it was more of a mentorship or whatever it was be, but I, I do believe that that conversation was had. And then when it was time for her to take over, she would take over. Um, so, but with that being said, I'm not knocking her for that because I, I feel like I would do it too. And I, I feel like you would as well. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. Well, there's, there's, there's two options here, right? 
One is she either came on the police department for a complete media exposure to be what you said, a media whore, right? Which, right? But one, we know absolutely that's not true, right? We could say she either came on the job for that or with the ideology that, hey, Philip Banks is going to be a mentor because you know, I came from a small pond. I got to get used to this big pond here and work my way up to it. I think that was her belief because she she never we, we never saw her get the opportunity. She wasn't camera ca uh, camera hungry. So we could just throw that out. We could completely eliminate that. I do believe that she came on with a good heart and her intentions were to be a police commissioner. And she probably figured. I mean, I would figure that, too. That's what I would think. You know what? You want everything to be the police commissioner? Okay, Philip Banks has more experience. I'm going. He's going to mentor me and show me the ropes. And eventually, I'll he'll pass the torch, and I'll be the police commissioner. Will be my vision, along with the tools I've learned, and then he can guide me along the way. But that's not what happened here. This was. That's why I say that she was completely used. I think that there was a complete ruse so that they could fit this, this political movement. This diversity, equity, equity, inclusion. We got the first female and the first female black to be the police commissioner. And that's all it was. And they were never going to let her be in charge. And that's why I say it's demeaning to the women. Stand in the corner, just look pretty. She was the trophy wife. That's exactly what she was. Yeah, but with all that being said, moving on to her resignation. Moving on to her resignation. I see great leadership skills in her. I think that she fulfilled the prophecy that we've been sitting here, but we've been saying, when are these old, tired, saggy, rich white men going to actually take a stand and stand on their moral principle? And they still haven't. But we had a police commissioner in 18, in 18 months. She was a police commissioner of the largest police department in the world. She could write her ticket anywhere she wants by just fulfilling her four years, staying quiet, not saying anything, staying in this role. Um, 52 years old, very young for a police commissioner, right? And she couldn't do it, and, and she didn't want her name on it. And that's leadership sometimes is saying, this ain't for me. I'm not doing this. This is not good for me anymore. I can't agree with you more, honestly. I don't even know her personally, but I almost I, I just want to put my arm around her right now and say, you know what? I'm proud of you. Because John and I have been so expressive on this podcast. Since the inception of this podcast, we have been asking for that white man to come out and speak about the atrocities going on at the job. And it didn't come from a white man. It came from a black female. And you know what? I'm extremely proud of her. That's why I said she's a great representation for women of the NYPD because she showed extreme grit and fortitude. And you know what? I hate to say it like this, but it's true. She showed more balls than most of the executives throughout the entire police department and specifically her predecessors, Dermot Shea and Jimmy O'Neill. She showed way more balls and, and more Bill fortitude. Brad. And Bill Brad. You can add him to the list also. Speaking of, I, I, I uh, retweeted and quoted on his tweet today, which was total nonsense. The stuff that he said, complete pandering, was all out lie. Talking about how amazing she was and all the stuff that she did. Listen, she seems to be an amazing person. and She sure has the potential. But they never let her do the job. And you know what? Now it leaves questions. What would it be like? What would the police department be like if she did get the opportunity to be a real police commissioner? I can tell you what. 
based on what we saw, I would I would work for her any day before I work for Dermot Shea, Jimmy O'Neill, Brad. Absolutely that. You know what, Commissioner Sewell, former commissioner, now, we salute you. Any any anyone anyone that's running a police department throughout the country right now is definitely watching this, and I sh I'm sure they have their eye on you, and they sure should because. You showed a warrior spirit. That's what we've been asking for. And you know what? Yeah, she's extremely feminine. She's 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 a real woman. But that's the masculine traits we've been asking for. Thank you. Absolute, absolute legend, absolute legend. She bypassed all three predecessors without ever really even being able to see what she did. I do believe in my heart that if she had free reign, a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast would have been corrected. Maybe not totally, maybe not totally, because like we said, there's been law changed, but there's policy that needs to change in that police department, too. Not just the law. There's a lot of bullshit progressive policy that's in the NYPD. And again, here we sit again, still talking about all of these things that you guys don't know what to do. Again, how do you take Eric Garner to the ground? You were never trained on how to do that. You know how to you know how to handle him when his hands are behind his back and he's laying face down on the floor. That's all well and dandy, but unfortunately, as we see every day in New York City, that never happens. As anybody that's been a cop for more than forty eight hours know, that rarely ever happens. You know, unless they're unconscious, and 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 even then, you got to be careful that they don't grab up and choke you or spit in your face right when they wake up. Um, so, but I say, absolute legend. Um, I applaud uh, Keychan Sewell. I, and honestly, I, 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 you know, I think she went out with class. I don't think that we're going to see a lot of big media spectacle on her. I just don't. I just don't think she's that person. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, I, I you know, I, 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 at some point, though, if you were in that in that barrier and I know myself, too, if it got too much and I was just being bullied and, and I couldn't do anything and I couldn't make a move, I would leave, too. Like I said, it's, it's extremely impressive that she got this point. I will say this. I'm going to make this inference. If she was the commissioner during the time of Daniel Pantaleo and Eric Garner, I believe Daniel Pantaleo would either still have his job today or she would have stepped down and not would have went along with the masses. She showed real fortitude. You know, and, and, it, and it really is exemplary. It's reflective. I've worked with men and women throughout my tenure in the New York City Police Department. My first partner that really coached me into it was a female and and a, a sergeant that I worked with for many years was a female and, and just some of the females that I dealt with have been some of the most impressive law enforcement officers that we have to offer don't get me wrong I've worked with some women also that that weren't so great it, it, it but I've worked with some women that were phenomenal and I really think she showed a great impression of what we expect of a woman in law enforcement. I just wish she had the opportunity. I, I Clearly, she has the potential. I see it in her eyes. She showed class. She speaks very well. I think she's knowledgeable. I was impressed with the way she spoke at, this, at the uh, New York City Council budget hearing. She really was protecting the cops about the loss of their vacation days when it came to a monetary value. So I do appreciate that you pointed that part out. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, just Commissioner, you know, I know that we're very critical, but we say the things that literally are coming from the rank and file. We're not going to be the guys to pander, to sit there. You could watch plenty of Fox News interviews today, plenty of Newsmax interviews today, talking about you leaving, and they refuse to answer the questions because they're cowards and they won't speak 
what the words that are being said. This is locker room talk. This is talk in the offices. This is talk over the coffee. The things that me and Eric talk about, you will not hear anywhere else. You're just not going to hear it anywhere else because it's the truth. Sometimes it's abrasive. Sometimes it's not politically correct, but it is what it is. These are the thoughts. It's not coming from a bad place. And, you know, we applaud you. In my eyes, I, I'm, I'm very sorry I never got the opportunity to work for you. So uh, I, I hope that you never took this podcast in, in a bad light. Yeah, to even go further, I, I like to say, Commissioner Sewell, uh, I'm pretty sure you probably watch the podcast. So if you have the opportunity, we'd like you to come on here for an interview and moralize your career and definitely talk about your experience being the uh, former police commissioner of New York City Police Department. So when you have the opportunity, just reach out to us and we'd be proud to have you here. Absolutely. And all right, I guess I guess it's time to move on, right? Who's it going to be? Yeah. <laughs> who's it going to be or who has it been? I mean, we listen, if anybody had an opportunity to see the memes today, some of them were hysterical. I mean, <laughs> the short list of who's going to be the commissioner, right? female versions of Philip Banks and even an Asian version of Philip Banks. I mean, it's hysterical because we all know. And that's why it's sad to see when some, some of our fellow members are doing interviews and they're speaking and they're pandering it. Why don't we just tell the truth? Don't give the predictable answer, the answer that people want to hear. Give them the truth. People need to hear the truth. She was never given an opportunity. Why? Because Philip Banks was the commissioner the entire time, and he will continue to. So I will say this. If anyone actually takes the position at this point, right, because we, we know what happened before, right? Obviously, Commissioner Sewell was completely used and blindsided to believe that she would be the actual police commissioner. But now we know 100% of what's going on. There's no denial that Philip Banks is the commissioner, along with his co-captain, New York City Mayor Adams. I really do believe they're co-captains in this position of police commissioner. So if anyone is willing to take the spot, think about this. You know what they're saying to you? They're saying you're nothing but a boob and you're an idiot and you're just going to be a face. And you're going to stand in the corner, too, while Philip Banks and New York City Mayor Eric Adams run the police department. So which boob? Are they going to pick? I have put out a tweet, right? The NYPD is now a deck of cards. It keeps shuffling around, right? You can get yourself an ace, a king, a queen, or a jack. But I tell you what, I think it's going to be a joker. It's, uh, you know, like very telltale. You know, Fox News actually quoted what I said, where I said it that this shows this shows the how the administration feels about women. And they actually even went further where I said, they were like, why do you think why do you think Phil Banks runs the police department? And I said, go go back to, to the beginning of the year with Vicky Palladino. She's asking for more cops in the 109 precinct. And she has a meeting with with Eric Adams and Philip Banks. And the police commissioner is not there. And it, check the police commissioner's tweets for that day. She's not anywhere else either. She's not even mentioned in the conversation. You know, Vicky Palladino, thanks, thanks the deputy, the deputy mayor. That is not the mayor's job. That is not the deputy mayor of public safety. That's title that we just made up. That is not their job to deploy more officers to the 109 precinct. That if anybody's going to make that decision, that is going to be the police commissioner. And right then and there alone, you could see it. But the other incident I pointed to, which everybody's gracefully forgetting about, is is the incident with with with, uh, with Cardi B. Cardi B goes to the goes to the police academy for um, what was it? Girl talk. 
girl talk. The first black female commissioner was not at that, was not at girl talk. How is that even possible? And yet we had Juanita Holmes there. We had Juanita Holmes at Girl Talk. The police commission is not there. When, when I blast out that Cardi B is there on Twitter, it goes absolutely viral. It goes everywhere. Or every paper writes about it. And, and what happens? Juanita Holmes is out the next day. She's out of the NYPD. And Eric Adams is, not, oh, is praising her for that move, even though the police commissioner said, I was unaware of that. I was unaware of that. So meaning there's a little rift there with Juanita Holmes and the police commissioner. So Juanita Holmes gets moved out of the police department and given more money and a higher rank. If that doesn't tell you that the, the, uh, the, the power of her seat was toothless, that, that I think that's all we need to know. Uh, first of all, there's also another component to this that I really believe. And, and this is not pandering to anybody. This is this this is the reality. This this fake vision of who's actually the commissioner and this 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 tug of war of who's actually in charge hurts public safety. We need to have a clear mission and a clear vision of who's in charge, and we need to follow that person's lead. But this back and forth of who's in charge and and the commissioner may think that she's in charge for the day and she puts out a message, and now the the, the rank and file have one vision, but then it's actually, you know, then they get another an, another direction, sense of direction from Philip Banks that comes through the pipe somewhere else. And now, now the men and women don't know which way to turn. They don't know what the clear direction is. This hurts the men and women, which ultimately hurts public safety. This is not beneficial for public safety. What they're doing here is a big joke. I mean, some people, I, they were asking me today, he oh he wants to be commissioner so bad why don't why don't he just be the commissioner well John you and I talked about it you said it best offline I, I would love you to say it why not just crown him as police commissioner I mean don't get me wrong I'm hearing rumors that he that he might actually give it to him saying well if everyone thinks he's the police commissioner anyway I might as well just make him be the police commissioner but my thing is. He's over the police commissioner and he doesn't have to do any of the work as the police commissioner. That's a 24 hour, seven day a week job. If I could just be in control of the police department without actually having to be the face and the name behind being in control of the police department, why would I not do that? And, and, and he might make more money than the police commissioner now. So I, I'm like, I, I don't see what 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 the benefit is. Unless well, you're a media whore and you want to be the face of, of the, the police department. I mean, I, you know, I, I, he probably doesn't want to be it when the next federal indictment comes down. But, you know, and a lot of chiefs and a lot of inspectors are going to hang again when he go, when he turns fed informant again. But, you know, I, I, I don't I don't see what, what the what the what the benefit would be for him personally. Well, well right now, I think it, the position that he's in, it's a win win. I'm sure his, it's a very hefty salary. He gets to be the puppet master, right? He likes to be in charge. I don't know how true it is, but I heard a rumor that when he was chief of the department that uh, he felt slighted, that he wanted to be in charge even more than he was. So, obviously, power hungry. So he gets to be in charge. But what he doesn't have that Keychan Sewell had is the liability. So he gets to pull all the strings, but he doesn't have to be accountable for it. Because if something goes wrong... Just blame it on Keychan Sewell. That's why I say they completely used her. She was the fall guy or fall girl, whatever you want to say. 
That's all. Put the trophy wife in the corner. Nice, pretty face. Don't worry about it. You look good. But if stuff goes wrong, we'll just blame it on you. Yeah. Another drinking summons. Another broken windows, right? We're pushing broken windows again under this progressive ideology. And another uh, another guy has a heart attack while we're uh, trying to arrest him because he resists arrest, causes himself to have a heart attack. Officers happen to be white. Perpetrator happens to be black. Another Eric Garner incident. He's free and clear. Doesn't have to worry about it. Doesn't have to be number two for him. First of all, this is this is out of control right now. You know, look, let's talk about the vision for the police department and public safety because I hear that things are trending. They're getting better, but I don't see it. I mean, I hear let's talk about getting the illegal firearms, but we have another problem here. Every time I, I I check my phone or I look at social media, there's another stabbing on a New York City subway car. There's another stabbing in the middle of the street. The stabbings are out of control. I think it's extremely violent. It's even more violent than the firearms because this, these these are close and intimate. People are, are right in each other's faces, and we're getting so many stabbings. This is a major problem. We have to start really taking care of these problems. Stop, wor stop worrying about who's in charge and shuffling the deck, and let's worry about the people. I mean, but it's all lost because, you know, every agency you look at, the core mission of that agency is the last thing that that agency is involved in, right? Like what's the core mission of, of the NYPD is supposedly to protect and serve. But I, I don't, I don't believe that that's the core mission of what we see. I believe the core mission is pandering to the community, pandering to the progressive left and pandering to this diversity, equity, inclusion agenda. And we could do that with every agency, New York city schools, sanitation, all of them. They're all shells of what they used to be. The core mission of every agency and the people that do the work to do that, to make sure that that core mission happens are, are left out in the cold and everybody else is getting money. Everybody else is getting heavily rewarded. And it's, you know, it's, it's a joke. I, I don't, I don't see things getting better. I think I, we will see things get significantly worse. And, you know, you're going out there, you're writing a ton of drinking summonses, these oath summonses that these people are completely unaccountable for, all this other bullshit. Honestly, the only person that has anything to lose is, 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 is the guy with the badge. That's it. The guy and the girl with the badge, the person that writes that summons, the person that turns the body camera on or doesn't or gives a, a, a business card or doesn't or whatever. You're the only person liable for the action you take, not the person that committed the crime. Absolutely. First of all, what's going on right now is insane. You and I are the biggest advocates for intrusive, proactive policing. We are the biggest advocates. But in order to do intrusive, proactive policing, you have to have a well-run, well-oiled machine, a good system. And right now, the system is completely broken. It starts with Mayor de Blasio. The inception of de Blasio into Mayor Adams, as we speak, is a broken system. So my analogy is this. It's that, you know, it works doing broken windows, but the system has to be correct. It's almost as if, if we had a cop with a broken leg and we said, go out and do the job just as someone that has two legs working right now. It's impossible. We can't have these guys go out, these guys and girls go out and do intrusive and proactive policing under broken windows with the system that they have right now. Because, again, I say it all the time, and I really mean it. They are sending cops to their own slaughter, especially with this barbecue initiative. This idea of going out and addressing public safety with the broken windows is going to get these cops 
they're going to destroy their careers. An overzealous CCRB faced with a weaponized disciplinary matrix. It's just impossible right now. There's zero support. How can these cops go out and address broken windows when the Civilian Complaint Review Board is destroying the 50A, the career of a cop? Law enforcement professionals dedicate their lives to serving and protecting our community. But who's protecting their financial futures? That's where Laidlaw Blue comes in. Our wealth management platform is specifically designed for the law enforcement community. Laidlaw Blue is a division within Laidlaw Wealth Management run by retired New York City detective John McDermott. His status as a retired detective uniquely positions him to establish a deep connection between Laidlaw Blue and the law enforcement community. Our platform is easy to use and provides a range of financial services, including investment management, retirement planning, and insurance solutions. With Laidlaw Blue, you can secure your financial future and provide for your loved ones. Our team of experienced financial advisors understands the unique challenges and opportunities that law enforcement professionals face. We're here to help you navigate the complexities of financial planning and achieve your goals. Laidlaw Blue, secure your financial future today. Book a meeting using the QR code displayed or call us directly on 888-901-BLUE. That's 888-901-BLUE. You're 100% right, dude. You're absolutely 1,000% right. You cannot have it both ways again on this issue. You can't have broken windows and you can't have progressive ideology and progressive legislation in place that's only there to prevent proactive police work. It's there to deter it. It's there to harm the cops that go out and do proactive police work. Not because they did anything wrong, but because they did what they were trained to do and asked to do. The tri reports are another issue that we really don't harp on enough, but you're self-generating CCRBs on yourself for not even doing anything when someone's not even complaining. You're, you're generating inspection cases against you, IAB cases against you, and, and, and CCRB cases against you. These are things that me and Eric Dim did not have to deal with for the overwhelming majority of our career. Because I'll tell you right now, if we did, forget about it. I, I, don't, even, I don't even know what you, I don't know what somebody with a 25 year retirement would look like generating tri report and tri report if you're out on the street and proactively policing because let's face it almost every EVP you're using force every a lot of the domestics you're gonna have to use force right people are agitated and then and then just various arrest situations now when you're proactively policing with people that don't respect the police that the tendency to resist arrest and, and and fight with the police is so much higher today than when me and eric were cops because people went to jail for doing such things and they were they, they were hit with harsher penalties i mean it's a it's a recipe for absolute utter failure it's a recipe to see you guys get fired oh absolutely and Let's talk about one thing even further. And I hope that our cops are paying attention right now. The clean slate, the clean slate bill, right? The clean slate bill will say that, you know, the someone who committed a, 
an aggravated murder can have a clean slate. But yet, a police officer, I use myself as an example, Eric Dim. If you look at my 58, I'll never have a clean slate. But yet, someone that committed a heinous crime, when they get out of jail, they're going to have an opportunity to have a clean slate. I mean, that's why I say what, you know, they say cops are supposed to be held to a higher standard. But what is the standard? You can commit a manslaughter, some type of murder, and you get a clean slate. But your 50A is going to be existence, and you'll never have a clean slate. I mean, John, didn't you and I were talking that they have retired cops that are on the 50A from 1979? I mean, what business does someone from 1979 have to, be, you know, to be on this 50A? For, for what reason? Other than to defame their character and just to destroy their life, you know, as, as old men and women? What's What purpose does this serve? So ruin cops' lives even in retirement, even past, even guys that like I received a message from a young lady saying my my dad's CCRB is there from nineteen fucking whatever, like whatever it was seventy nine. He's been retired for over twenty years. She's like, this is crazy because no one believed us when we started talking about it. I put a post out. Eric put a post out. People are like you're full of shit. I'm like. No, it's it's on there. It doesn't make sense. And they're continuously updating it. And more and more people's 50A is now populating. I don't know if they're going in alphabetical order. I don't know how, how the order is where they're putting retired cop stuff on there and going backwards and fulfilling these databases. But it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It will be used against you going forward. Now, clean slate, you committed a manslaughter, which is a class B felony, any class B felony, gang assault, sexual assault, anything down. You're going to have a clean slate. You could go get a job. Nobody could discriminate against you. But you have a bullshit CCRB allegation that you touch somebody's crotch because you were searching them because you suspected they had a firearm on them. You have this nonsensical allegation. It goes absolutely nowhere. That is going to be on your record for life. And depending how uh, CCRB writes it, they could write it as a sexual assault. And they're going to be, people are going to look at that like, oh, oh, my God, I can't have this guy. He was accused of a sexual assault. So Eric then was accused of sticking his finger in somebody's ass. Like it's it, it, it's going to hurt you later on in life. And, and it's, it's set up to do that, it's set up to hurt you now. While you're working, it gives it empowers people. Oh, let's see, we got Eric Dim here. You did this. You did, you know, nonsense. All these stupid videos we're seeing. Um, but it, it it's to carry you forever to infinity and beyond. Again, right, and and this fifty eight is not even accurate. In that particular case where I was accused of sticking my finger in somebody's ass, which is absolutely ridiculous, I was found not guilty in a department trial. But if you look it up on the fifty eight, it'll still say I'm substantiated. So I do have a message for the cops, for our viewers out there, for you men and women that are watching this. You need to also inform the other cops out there. They need to stop paying attention. If you get a civilian complaint and that civilian complaint is substantiated, I don't care if it's training in ACD or BCD, if the discipline matrix has not been weaponized against you for aggravating factors because you don't have a much of a civilian complaint career. If you get a command of discipline, Right For our, our viewers out there that are not cops, that's in-house uh, punitive measures on the precinct level, right? It's not formal discipline. Technically, that's not considered formal discipline, which would be charges. However, if your commanding officer just says, hey, kid, let's get, you know, let's just sign this. Don't worry about it. Do not sign it. I am telling you right now. Take everything to department trial. That's what I did. You tell 
the Civilian Complaint Review Board, you want to take every case to trial. One, they do not have the manpower to handle all these cases. They want you just to sign it off. They want to build their own disciplinary history against you to weaponize that discipline matrix to give you aggravating factors. Two, there's only three attorneys assigned to the Civilian Complaint Review Board. They cannot handle these cases. I wanted to take all my cases to trial, and I was told that I would have to wait three years. Do not sign off these cases. Do not let them bully you because you want to get promoted. Right now, the department is so diminished. We don't know how many promotions there are going to be anyway. But I'm telling you right now, do not sign it because if you do, you just made yourself liable. But when the lawsuit comes down the pipe, the New York City Police Department will not indemnify you. It's a hard thing. It really is. It's a hard thing. You're up for promotion. You you know, you want to sign off on that. I mean, again, I think all of this stuff is done very, very intentionally. It's done very deviously to lead people in, into making those decisions. Oh, I'm, I'm next up. I'm going to be in this class. I just want to go. This could be another six months, 12 months, 16 months. Um it's really just a tough job, man. It's really it, – it's at the point that I see why people are leaving, you know. I keep hearing it, tens the new 20. We've been saying that for a while now. I've been saying that for about six months here. But that's what it is, meaning for the people that aren't aren't viewers that when these guys hit 10 years because they're eligible for – they're you're eligible for a vested retirement at five years. But at the 10-year mark, you're eligible for a vested retirement and you're eligible to keep your health benefits. And – for a, a, a lot of the reasons that we cited here, plus more, that's why people leave. It's it's something needs to be done drastically. Um, I don't know who the next appointment to police commissioner is. I I would think it would make the most sense to put Caban in in the interim until they figure out who it is, unless he names someone frequently. Eric, do you have any uh, any any guesses on who you think it could possibly be? I gotta be honest. I, I think it's probably going to be Edward Caban, but I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they put in. They can put me in right now. They can put you in re right now in retirement. It doesn't make a difference. The police commissioner is Philip Banks and his co-captain, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. So anyone they put in right now, just be excited. You're going to take pictures, and, and, and but you're not going to be the commissioner. I don't think it makes any difference. I just think it doesn't matter at all. And I think you should be insulted at this point. If they choose you, to make you the commissioner, you should be insulted and ask yourself, wait a minute, well, why did they put me here? Just to take pictures? Do they actually want me to be the commissioner? Ask yourself that. Hey, listen, if, you, if you're just looking for paparazzi and that's what you want, so be it. But be honest with yourself. Don't, don't pretend that you're something that you're not. I mean, I, I'm going to question that why it doesn't have to be a black woman anymore. You know, like, why is that not? Why are all the names being floated around? The only black woman I heard of was Juanita Holmes. Oh, because we checked that box already. That that's over. We checked the box. So oh, now so we gotta we, get we could do the first Hispanic and put Caban in there then. Yeah, I mean maybe we get the first LGBT. I mean something. It's gotta be the first of something. If this is Pride Month. Why why not? Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. I don't think that I don't think that regardless of who they who they put in, the job will get better for anybody. But I do think that regardless of who they put in, the NYPD will be significantly worse because whoever they put in will be compliant and will be coming with full marching orders. They will be very compliant 
to whatever Eric Adams needs done and what he wants done. And again, he is a far left progressive. For you people that don't see it, you just go back on my tweets. Just go back to go back to his 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 stance on COVID. Go back to how he wants to pay you through digital currency. Go back to how his vision for New York City and robots in New York City and and more with less and and all of the the stances he took on the Eric Garner issue on stop question and frisk on all of these different items and tell me he's not a progressive. You're lying to yourself. You're absolutely lying to yourself. So whoever is he puts in place will be coming. The job, in my opinion, will be significantly worse. I do think that Keychan Sewell did not allow what was what was intended to come down the pipeline. Yeah, John, actually, I think that's a fantastic statement you just made. And you know why? Because Keychan Sewell came into the New York City Police Department with no experience of the culture of the NYPD. She came from a different agency, a different department. Obviously, she has law enforcement experience. We talk about the foundation, the basics, the principles are the same. But the culture of the NYPD, we know, is compliance and fall in line. So I'm pretty confident she wasn't aware of that. And being the uh, intelligent person that we, we think she is, she probably you know, was on the assumption that she would be able to take the reins at some point. But whoever is taking that spot now knows exactly what they're in for. Because if there's someone, all right, let's specifically Edward Cabin. If you're Ed Caban, you've been with the New York City Police Department a long time. He's well-liked. He's part of the Hispanic society. But he knows damn well about compliance. He knows that if he's going to be the police commissioner tomorrow, that he better as well, he better be compliant. Because if not, he'll be gone. Because Philip Banks is going to be in charge and New York City Mayor Adams also. But with that being said, that's why I want to say, again, with New York City Mayor Adams being in charge and being a quasi-type police commissioner, he was a cop. Whether he was a great one or not, he knows he knows the liability and accountability that a police officer has. For him to send out the police officers to do this broken windows theory, especially with this barbecue initiative, is sending these cops to their slaughter. And that's why I say he's more dangerous to the cops than than Mayor de Blasio. At least he did he de Blasio doesn't form a mayor. He doesn't even know what it is to be a cop. He wasn't a cop. So he doesn't understand the nomenclature. But Adams was part of this culture. So he understands it completely. So I blame him even more. What do you think about Jeff Madry as the police commissioner? Uh, listen, you know, you and I speak about Jeff Madry. He's a likable guy, right? He just got his law degree. Obviously, he's intelligent. But he does have a very uh, sketchy past. He's got, uh, you know, it's... He brings a lot of baggage, and if they can overlook that, it's it's not a bad idea. He's great. He's good with the community. He could be someone that doesn't fall in line and be as compliant because Adams is his buddy, and so is Banks. So this may be a different dynamic, but that also could cause a riff. Also, you know, you don't want to mix friends with business, so that that could cause another problem. I right now, if you were asking me. If I was going to put in Madry or Caban, I would put Madry. Yes. What about you? I mean, I liked a guy that just got modified. I, that's the first time I've ever heard of a three-star chief who got modified. Um, chief of Petri, you know. We're waiting, we're waiting for the news article to come out on that one. <laughs> but I did see a lot of good memes, but I didn't share them because 
I don't want to do anybody anybody dirty. I don't want to do anybody dirty. But um, same here. If if I had to choose who the next police commissioner was, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't put either of them. They both they both got sketchy pasts. I wouldn't put Juanita Holmes. Um, I, I, I think the smart move would be to, to get somebody that's very likable to the men and women and someone who's very compliant, um, someone who's going to do what they're told and not ask a question. Where's Fox? Where is he? Joe Fox, <laughs> Dermot Shea. Um, bring, somebody out of, you know, bring somebody out of retirement. I don't know. Well, you bring Dermot Shea to, 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 to put the discipline matrix again? Even who's the guy that's been riding uh, Marjorie's coattails? Uh, He's the chief of patrol now. Uh, chief. Uh... Oh, um, uh, Gurley. Is that Gurley? Oh, no, 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 no. The chief of patrol. I don't even know who's the chief of patrol right now. You know who the chief of patrol is. Who is the chief of patrol right now? I, 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 it's on the t- tip of my tongue. Well, it sure as hell should be Chief Kemper. I mean, he's got a problem right now. We have, a, we have, and index uh, index crimes are on the rise in transit, but it's it's cops cops getting assaulted, on duty cops and off duty cops. We got an off duty cop that just got pummeled in the subway, so we have another problem. And he said he, he had spoken in the past how the the assaults are on the uh, on the rise because of the incidents with cops. And and, and we we, I mean we don't have to argue that there's zero respect for the police officers out there right now. So. And also, we have a timid police department, meet timid and docile. The combination of meet timid and docile of neutered police officers with this p- political movement and the influence that we have right now and the laws that change, it's impossible to be a cop. Of course. And they're not getting any respect. Of course, we're going to have more assaults. When we got on the job, there was more of a presence. You couldn't be meek, timid, and docile. If you were meek, timid, and docile, you would get eaten up by the other cops. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Chief Shell was the name I was thinking. I, Chief Shell. Oh, yeah, you go. I'm sorry. If you would have told me, if you would have told me the Chief of the Khakis, I, I, it would have it would have hit. But I forgot. But, Chief but Shell. I, they're all messes. I I would go back. I don't know. Maybe maybe ask Pratt too. I don't know. Compliant, somebody that they like. I would I would do something like that because he's got a big problem politically. He's got a huge, huge, huge problem politically, Eric Adams, and he's got to win back this police department, which is. I think near impossible at this point. And uh, he, he kind of had them with the contract, with the schedule, you know, the gas lit them up, even though these guys haven't seen a dollar. We'll get into that contract when we see it and they find out that they really did take three months of zeros. But whatever, you know, when when that time comes. But, like, I feel like, you know, people were, were a little happy. You know, summer's coming. You're going to get paid. Uh, police commission is not so bad. It's not so many changes happening. Uh, the manpower is a huge issue, huge, huge issue. Um, that's one thing that's really still has not been addressed. They have not been able to recruit uh, the patrol precincts, transit districts. They're very understaffed. The housing, the housing, uh, the police service areas, very, very, very understaffed. Um, you know, I'm hearing that, you know, lieutenants are sergeants, sergeants are cops. There's not, there's not the rank structures falling. There's never more than two bosses working. There's never more than three or four sectors working, regardless what 
precinct you're in. Um, that's, uh, it's, it's coming to a head, man. It's coming to a head. You know, I, I like to see someone, someone come, someone completely different, someone that understands, especially in this political woke movement, that understands about clean slate and second chances and actually has been wronged by the criminal court system but knows the police department, Bernie Kerrick. I, I wouldn't mind seeing someone like that for, the, for those reasons. He can, say, he can say to the community, listen, I understand what it is to go to, to – to serve some prison time for something that was absolutely ridiculous that wouldn't, you know, complete witch hunt that we wouldn't have seen on most people. And he also knows the police department and, uh, he was tough when it came to violence. He understands about violence, beating violence. I mean, he was able to bring Rikers back to a, a better place that it was at the time. Now it's just a complete mess. So he's someone that could help with Rikers and he's someone that can help with the New York city police department. I mean, you had asked me, if my choice was Madria or Caban, I wouldn't pick either one either. But if those were my choices out of two, I would pick Madria. But I think ultimately Commissioner Banks, he is the commissioner, you know, the deputy mayor, but he is the police commissioner. So you have to ask yourselves, do you think that it's going well? If it's going well, then you should be saying, you know what, then Commissioner Banks is great for the job. Keep him where he's at. But if you think things are not going well, then you have to say to yourself, we got to get Banks out of there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I again, I agree with you. It doesn't matter. I, I but I do think whoever it is, it it, it will be worse. I do. You know. So, uh, and yeah, listen, I, I, we don't even know what is a diverse police department anymore. We don't know. I mean, listen, we have a black mayor. Uh, we have black chief of department. We had a black police commissioner. I mean, what is diverse anymore? The deputy mayor is black. I mean. This goes, I, I like to talk about and just touch on this briefly. I think ultimately we'll probably do a complete podcast about this once we get the data. But I like the public to understand, right? We talk about intrusive, proactive police work. The big argument that we've heard from BLM is that blacks are stopped at a disproportionate rate. So here we have, I mean, everything's changed. We have an anti-crime team that's out there in a quasi-type uniform. The police department is now a minority, majority, 54% of the police department is now the minority, majority. And yet, with that, and a black mayor, and with that, we have more blacks getting stopped by our anti-crime teams, which are now neighborhood safety teams in that quasi-type uniform. We have more blacks getting summonses for drinking in public. So, this goes to show that with a black administration, more blacks are getting stopped in 2023 than they did the year prior and the year prior to that under a different administration. So are our is our black administration racist or it's appropriate according to the system, which is fighting crime based on the statistics where the shooters are? Because Mayor Adams talks about that. We go where the shooters are and based where the problems are. John, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'm just going to go right on the whole diversity, equity, inclusion agenda. I said from the get-go, I said, what is the goal and when do we reach it? And we had no answer. So right on its face right there, it was bullshit. It's still bullshit. Whole thing's racist. It's not about equal opportunity. It's about equity, which is forced opportunity, which is something that should not be happening in America and is actually illegal by 
uh, Office of Equal Opportunity Law, if you look at it. I don't care what color you are. I don't care which way you want to spin it. It's racist ideology. It's meant to divide. It's meant for, it's meant to sect us out into groups to create tribalism amongst groups. It's it, and 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 it's working very well. It's working very well across New York City and across the United States of America, where race again is an issue, right? Um, uh, but now when we want to talk about we want to talk about race in policing and race disparities in arrests. Um, you know, the, the, the first area that was attacked when they went away from it was black and brown kids are arrested at a higher, at a disproportionate rate to white kids for marijuana on the street. Uh, very true. At the same time that they were being arrested at a disproportionate rate for marijuana on the street as opposed to white kids, they were being arrested at an overwhelming majority for rape, for sexual assault for robbery, for burglary, for gun possession, for shootings, for murder. It was all built on a lie. It was always a lie. It was always bullshit. It was always full of shit. And here we see it firsthand, right? We're going to continue to say that, oh, we're policing communities differently. We're policing crime. And we always were. But this moron that's sitting in the mayor's office right now, and I want to know how much money he's spending on clothes. I need to know how much money you're spending to see his stupid mayor shirts every day. He needs to have it painted everywhere. And he has to walk around at night with a stupid jacket. It's like he thinks he's, he's Frank Sinatra. I need to know all that. He was all for it. And he was the one telling you that black and brown were being stopped at this report rates and arrested at disproportionate rates because of racism, not because of crime. And here you go. He gets into office. And what does he do? He targets what? Is he targeting crime or is he targeting black and brown? Because according to his ideology, he's targeting black and brown. And anyone that says he's doing a good job or he's a good guy and he, he means well for the police department, you're a moron. Debunk what I just said. That was beautiful. Beautiful. I, I, I couldn't have said it better because I was thinking all those things. Dude, that was beautiful. It's absolutely true. That's exactly what's going on. People need to open their eyes. It doesn't matter who you put in that position right now, who's in charge. If you're going to follow the crime, right? When we talk about other things, we say follow the money. But when it comes to policing, you have to follow the crime trends, the crime stats, the, the, the clusters, the problematic issues. And where do they lead you to? It's unfortunate. It's not racist, but it's true. The areas that have a high propensity of violence and the areas that have a high propensity of violence in New York City are black and brown areas. Are there areas that have a high propensity for violence of whites throughout the country? Yes. But in New York City, the demographics that are in relation to crime is based on black and brown. It's just the nature of New York City. It's the metropolis that we live in. The crime is happening in black and brown areas, and that's where it's being addressed. And now if we're opening this Pandora's box of the ideology of going back to broken windows theory. So, yes, you're going to have more black and brown people stop. But the mayor, when he was campaigning, was telling you that we have to find other avenues and other ways to do it. But he's right back to where anyone would be. John and I, if we were in a position, if the system was if the system was correct and we had to address broken windows, more black and brown people would be stopped. Not because of racism, because of where the crimes are being committed. And, and just a point of note about the marijuana, too. It's a minor crime. 
But if you look at at with the area specifically where the marijuana arrests were higher, they were in the, the high violent crime precincts because there was more enforcement in those precincts to try to deter the violence and to try to get the guns off the street and to try to deter people from even bringing them out. And the other thing is, again, it's a socioeconomic thing. You, if, when you're in those neighborhoods, people can't just sit in their backyard or in their house. They're out on the street smoking marijuana. That's why they're out on the street getting arrested for smoking marijuana. So the whole thing was a lie. It's all bullshit. I mean, we could do hours on all of that stuff. Um, what do you think? You want to wrap it up? We're going on an hour. You got anything else? Absolutely. I, I just want to reflect back. If anyone, anyone that has watched and viewed our episode about the barbecue initiative, take a look at it again. It's you know, I, I think it's some great stuff. I really do believe that they're sending cops to slaughter, initiate, uh, initiating this broken windows theory at barbecues. It's going to erupt into riots, and we've seen it already. Some videos have surfaced. I mean, it's just completely appalling. And for those, if you haven't seen it, please go back to it. It's a great episode that really reflects on the mayor's initiative to address the barbecues, which they do have a propensity for violence, but unfortunately, in most cases, the violence is also directed to the police officers as well. And it really uh, destroys the community relations that we see. So with that being said, thank you for viewing us. Thank you for watching us. John, you want to close it out, brother? I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. And I just, I, I'd like to give you a pat on the back, Eric. And I'm going to pat myself on the back because I think that that barbecue episode, we really, again, I don't think we predicted the future, but we just said what would happen because the policies and the stuff that are coming out are just so dumb. And we're seeing it every night with all these videos, Bronx, Brooklyn, you're seeing all these barbecues get completely out of control. Definitely watch that episode. You know, we did that like a week before the enforcement even started. Uh, you know, I dropped it like days after. Um, and that's it. You know, Police Commissioner Sewell, you know, thank you for your service. We look forward to seeing you in the future. I hope you take Eric up on, on the offer and you come on this podcast. Uh, you know, we'll, we can keep it light. We can keep it light or we can make it heavy. Whatever you want to do. Guys, thanks for tuning in. 265 Police Live. We are the experts.